1: it up to you live on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. I'm Bruce Nolan, that's Nate Geary, and this is Food for Thought, a show combining two of your three favorite F-words. Now, Mr. Geary is having some issues with his audio this evening, so hopefully he'll be joining us soon. But until that occurs, you will be flying solo with the Bruce man himself. So, in the comments section, we have Michael says, hi, good evening, Michael. Good to have you join us. JR says, evening, and woot woot, here he is. You know, JR guessed the third F word, because, you know, we combine two of your three favorite F words on this show. We combine food I'm sorry, buddy. and football. That's what we combine. Food and football here on this show. But the third F is always a little different. He says it's going to be fun. Fetty is what he says. I'm going to go with the other F word that we don't really talk about. Farts. Farts is what we're going with. We're going with farts and we're going to go with farts specifically because that's the way I feel when things like this happen. And Nate doesn't have anything, and you could probably hear him clicking in the background and sighing because his audio works. We can hear him. He just can't hear us. And what it makes me say is it makes me say, oh, farts. So that's the best I can do for this evening on such short notice. A reminder that I need you to go ahead and hit all the engagement buttons for me. Ready? Like, subscribe, rate, review. Do all the things you need to do to make sure that you know, we get all the clicks that are appropriate. I can hear. And Nate's back, just like that. And also, uh, as a reminder, Nate, who can now hear, is going to send you a delightful f- gift from Food for Thought. If you send us a super chat for $10 or more, he's going to send you a Genesee pint glass. Just make sure that you're following at Genesee Brewery on Twitter and DM at Nate Geary Sports proof of the super chat and the Genesee follow with your address and he will get it to you because you know this show I don't know if you know this or not but this show is brought to you by Genesee since 1878 Genesee has poured generations of brewing knowledge into each pint can and bottle of their beer they make no sacrifices when it comes to their beer brewing each with the highest quality ingredients for a consistently great drinking experience Look for Genesee Beer, Genesee Light, Cream Ale, and their specialty line with beers like Ruby Red Kolsch and Oktoberfest. Genesee Brewery, Rochester, New York.
0: Nate? Hold on, I'm still I'm messing with some things here. I, uh, for whatever reason, whenever I go to the my dual screen situation here, hold on. Is it going to work?
1: I don't. I don't know. Are we are, are we just fiddling with things live on on the show? Is that what we're doing? We're just just it's it's technical support with Nate and Bruce. And by the way, Nate just went ahead and and, and disconnected himself. So every yes, time he tries to go yes. double screen, it goes badly. Whenever that happens, so except for right now, yeah, but you're not on video right now, so that's bad.
0: But I'm well,
1: about to be. Oh, here we Woo! go. Here we go. We got it. See, now this is this is not entertaining <laughs> content for people who are listening on podcast form, Nate. They're just listening, no going, no what no it's not happening exactly no
0: no it's but, not and it's not even like I w- was like last second here I was trying to make this work for like a, a pretty long while and it didn't work but we digressed and here we are I, I you sound absolutely fantastic Bruce
1: well I mean that's it's Friday so I'm very excited to be done with the week that's true. and also to be here on this shoot, this show with you now we've got a different show for you tonight Although, a different We're, feel different vibe a, a different vibe for you tonight we are going to talk about some of the things that are happening around the NFL. We're going to talk about the current NFL quarterback trade market because of course the big news this week in the NFL was of course the Baker Mayfield trade from Cleveland to Carolina. Nate, a unabashed Baker Mayfield dynasty fantasy manager, yeah. said that he was feeling pretty good about it when he knew that Baker was going to start somewhere this year even though you also have Darnold. So it would actually he would I have moved you had he been traded to Seattle. Because I also I have Drew Lock though too. So. Oh, you also have Drew Locke, but I, it might be Gino. It might be Gino. Might be Gino. Might be Gino. in Seattle. So it shouldn't be Gino, a, by the has way. He Has right? a collection like, of maybe quarterbacks at his disposal. I have Jimmy Garoppolo as well, also a maybe quarterback. <laughs> now we're going to talk about Baker's. We're going to start by talking about Baker's I thought the guy's name is Baker. Our show yes. is food for thought. It's right there. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious we can make this happen. And to me, I wanted to have a play on Baker's Dozen, and I decided on Baker's Cousin. And so the name of the show is Baker's <laughs> Cousin because everybody has a family member. I am convinced, Nate, that no matter what culture you come from, no matter what city you grew up in, everybody's got a family member whether it's a distant cousin, whether it's a third cousin, three times, twice removed, whether it's a step cousin, whether it's a mother's brother's dog's previous owner's last roommate, whatever it is, you've got a family member who bakes. Oh man. Yeah. you know, she makes a good cake, but not like Susan or whatever it is. So let me ask you Nate in your family, uh-huh. who's the baker?
0: If I said someone other than my wonderful girlfriend, uh, I'd be lying to you. She owns her own at-home bakery called Buff BFLO Bakery, so I feel obligated to just say that it's her. But not just because—well, she's not here today. She's not upstairs like she normally is, so it's not like I'm I'm outing myself and I'll be sleeping on the couch tonight if I say another name. She's probably not watching. She's she's at a show, so like. I can get away with not saying it's my girlfriend, but it's her, bro. She makes, so she created her own like custom tart, right? It's a dual layer ganache based tart and she makes them for all these people. She just made one for her friend and people order them in custom shapes and she makes them and bakes them and is very stressed by it all the time. Isn't it the funny thing about cooking when you love cooking or you do it where other people want you to bake or cook for them? how absolutely stressful it is. Mm. And she gets paid, you know, she, she charges to make them or whatever, but she's always running around. She's always short of one material, right? Like last night she had to make them this morning and last night at 10 50, when she was going to make her ganache, she realized we did not have any heavy cream left the whole night's ruined. She had to go to Wegmans. I went to bed. So it's very stressful to be a good baker, to make things that people want to eat. Um, she has also this giant cookbook uh, of baked goods that she tends to pull out. She made brownies the other day for the 4th of July, homemade fudge brownies. Bruce, uh, I, hope, I hope my grandmother's not watching uh, because it has been well known that my grandmother makes the best brownies in the family. But until now, they're Girardelli. Like, you know, I'm not calling my grandmother lazy. I would never do that. She's a saint. Um, but my girlfriend spent like two hours making homemade brownies and God bless her soul. They were absolutely fantastic. So I'm going to say her with a secondary that my, my grandmother's also a darn good cooker or Baker, I should say.
1: For me, the Baker in the family, who's the best is clearly Mrs. Nolan.
0: And she is Uh, listening. So you are obligated to say so.
1: Actually, I don't think she is listening. She, she poked her head in. So the dog is with me right now. Ah, Oh, so, so boo is here on the floor and he likes to sit, next to the computer because it gives off a pleasant little humming soy sound yep. and the fan coming out of the side of it so boo likes to sit there kind of on my feet and my wife poked her head in before the show and said do you want me to listen tonight and i said well i mean not if you don't want to you're in the middle of a book she's a she's a, a bibliophile ah. my wife is a is a avid reader and so she's in the middle of a book and i'm like i mean you kind of want you said you want to get some reading time in why don't you just do it now I mean, I can get you caught up you on listen, how the show went.
0: She listens to you talk every day.
1: Right. She doesn't have to listen to me do it now. So I don't think she's listening, actually. But it's her. It's clearly her. Now, my mother, when I was young, um, baked a lot. But my mother suffered from fairly significant health problems about t- 23 years ago or so and doesn't really do it much. Okay. anymore and so my my wife has actually gone over there and baked with my mother before and I have now had the opportunity to have duplicate recipes I have had a sugar cookie made by my mother and then immediately had a sugar cookie made by my wife I, I've literally been able to back to back compare okay. and my wife's better That's so can I say something about sugar cookies absolutely you can Feels like
0: they're a waste of everything.
1: Okay, so
0: it just they feel. I, who are we? You and I, hosts of food for thought, to, to to even mention the term wasted calories because you and I waste calories oh, yeah. minute minute by minute. But I want to say that, like, if I'm going for a treat, sugar cookie is. So very low on my list because I feel like it lacks any true flavor profile whatsoever. It's it takes on the flavor of whatever you bake it on or in.
1: I really, really, really like sugar cookies unfrosted. Unfrosted. And unfrosted. Bruce, sugar that's cookies. nothing. That's nothing. It's it's subtle. I like the subtlety. There's a little bit of saltiness to it if it's done correctly. And like I'm telling you, I'm gonna bring you at some point, I'll bring you some of Mrs. Nolan's sugar cookies and unfrosted and there is a level of subtlety and it's this it's not super sweet and it's they're addictive what happens is you look down it's like eating pretzels to the point where you look down and the bag is gone yeah like you look down because there's nothing about one of the things i don't like about super sweet desserts in general is that they get to the spot where you're like oh my gosh oh i can't eat anymore i can't eat anymore and And it's not
0: even like I'm super satisfied. I can't eat anymore. You are like one bite away from potentially vomiting.
1: Right. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And that's why I really like the things that are really subtle. And so I have a really subtle sugar cookie that I get to eat made by my wife. And for me, my wife is the best baker in the family.
0: Now we are sellouts, by the way, absolute sellouts, sellouts. corporate shills for our females
1: unquestionably That's not not even, not even debatable if you hear yeah. a little bit of whimpering in the background uh boo has decided that he would like to leave now and oh. so he has now positioned himself by the door so at some point i will open the door and allow him to leave when i'm done talking but we're gonna i figured go and-
0: he might be he might see uh speaking of susan uh you might see my cat susie who you could see her ears currently above yes. Above the thing right here. I assume maybe he was looking at the screen and saw Susie and no, maybe he's like, Oh, is that a cat? Is that
1: a... He is laying down with his nose directly against the door frame, going, I would like to go outside, please. I would like to go. Somewhere. And isn't that
0: the convenient part of owning an animal, right? Yes. Like the second you finally get into a groove and you're on like, yeah. Miss Nolan comes in. She says, Hey, Bruce, I'd be happy to take the dog outside. You're like, no, leave him with me, woman. He is fine. And then here we are.
1: Yeah. So. That's- we are going to continue and conclude our position previews for the Buffalo Bills 2000. What do we do next, Bruce? What do we have left to do after well, position? i got previews. some things up my sleeve. Don't you I worry. You might. Don't I you worry. I do. And the only position room we're not going to do is the specialists. But we are going to do the safeties tonight. And if the Bills safety was a food. The Bills' safety room and group is a food. Nate, I really like this one. I'm going to go first. Okay. The Bills' safety room for 2022 is red beans and rice. And I'll tell you why. Staple. When you ask somebody about Cajun food and you say, okay, I'm going to have some red beans. They stop you and go, and rice, right? And when you say, I'm going to have some rice, they go, and red beans, right? There is no red beans. There is no rice. It's red beans and rice. It's together. It's they have to be together. It's a staple. And you know what? Sometimes you can get more extravagant flavors. You can get bolder flavors in Cajun food. But ultimately, the thing that gets you from point A to point B in a large part of Cajun cooking is red beans and rice. Mm. It is a staple. It is something that can be done at an extremely high level while still remaining almost boringly efficient. You look at it and go, yeah, there's not much to that. And then you you eat it and you go, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing I've ever had in my entire life. I don't understand how something that appears so simple can be so good. That, my friend, is the Bill's safety room because there are two Main ingredients. Now you can dress up red beans and rice on the side with whatever you'd like, but really it doesn't matter. You can add whatever backups you'd like behind Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. It doesn't matter. Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde are the safety room. And if you take away red beans from the rice, it's not as good. If you take away rice from the red beans, it's not as good. If you try and dress it up on the side to make up for the fact that you are missing one of those two key Mm. pieces, it's not as good. It has to be together. The synergy makes it work. You guys know how much I love Micah Hyde. I am an unabashed Micah Hyde stan. I have been for years. But don't for a second think that that means that I'm sitting here thinking, well, you know, maybe maybe Jordan Poyer doesn't need a Buffalo Bill anymore. Maybe he doesn't need to be a Buffalo Bill. I'm, I'm cool with it. No, you have to have both. I don't want to have red beets yeah. I don't want to have rice. I want to have Red beans and rice. Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, the Bills' safety room behind them, all of them combined, red beans and rice. Hmm. Mm-mm-mm.
0: You know one thing about me, Bruce, is that I will do anything to make a steak analogy, a beef, a cut of steak analogy, and today is no different, Bruce, because this safety tandems, the Bills' safety room, if it was a food, It would be the dry-aged, bone-in cowboy ribeye, right? It's on the menu. When you go to the steakhouse, you never intend to get the cowboy ribeye. The reason being, it's always the most expensive. But if you have a partner, if you go with a friend, if you're going with couples, right, and the two men, they decide today... You and me, buddy, we're splitting the cowboy ribeye. And as long as we both like it cooked medium rare, we're good to go. But here's the difference between a standard cowboy bone-in ribeye and this particular bone-in cowboy ribeye of the Buffalo Bills, of the safety group. It's aged. And it's got that that aged... Uh, Bruce, are, are you a fan of aged beef? Uh, you, you are. Because my girlfriend is not. She does not like the... Do we call is it appropriate to say stank? Sure. It, it's the uh the aroma. It's the stink. It's the sure. stink. But it's not that when it's cooked you smell it. It does it can come off in the especially the flavor profile, especially in that first bite. You, that, that aroma, the especially if the if the butcher doesn't do a good job of cutting off all of the you know the outside. You don't want any of that around but what I'm getting at Bruce is like this group of safeties, the steak is made better when it is wrapped and covered in that cheese. What, what, what cheese wrap? What, what, what's it called? Cheese. It's a cheese cloth. Yes. Yeah. That's why it's I'm a going cheese cloth. With. Yeah. Cheese cloth. So the reason that they're this aged, delicious piece of beef, bone in ribeye. By the way, best cut of beef. Best cut or best ribeye is the bone in the bone in the the meat near the bone tends to be the most flavorful beef you can possibly get and the elevation of the dry aging process. Bruce, the thing about this group is they've gotten better with age. They've mm-hmm. gotten tastier with age. Jordan Poyer, you know, for everything that I would say about why it's not smart, why it's not wise to resign Jordan Poyer at the age of 31 is almost the exact opposite of how I look at my stake. the older well not necessarily the oldest but the older the stake. 65 75 80 day what is happening here just have a cat jumping there up is on a another. cat
1: jumping up on the television the, Jesus. the right um
0: right during my best part of my my, my Jordan Poyer just
1: finished his best year just if best
0: Jordan, year at his age at 31 so for me Bruce The dry-aged bone-in cowboy ribeye is the most, just, you have to have two people to eat it, much like this this group has two elite-level safeties, but the the quality of the cut has gotten only better with the time that it has been dry-aged. So for me, I couldn't really think of a better one than a dry-aged steak, because A, I'm a big fan, but B it's the idea that something gets better with age and in the nfl bruce that goes against common consensus right like the running at at the running back position you almost are required to be youthful at wide receiver we're going to start to see if that trend continues that young guys take that step because guys like deandre hopkins who by the way is 30 years old 31 years old we're going to see what his career arc looks like over the next couple of years as he hits what most people would say is the back nine of his career Safeties have been different Bruce look at around look around the league at some of the top safeties they're all 30 plus years old and I do think that that is sort of bucking the trend in the NFL that you want to have youth you don't want to necessarily pay a guy once they hit their 30s not smart teams anyways but going through I don't know if you know folks here on this podcast and, and or video cast I'm sure all of you follow if you don't go follow Aaron Quinn from cover one. But he posted this graphic the other day of all of the areas that Jordan Poyer is either ranked number one, number two, or top five in. And it was remarkable to me to realize just how good he was last year. Doug Farrar, big fan, USA Today Touchdown Wire editor, came out with a piece the other day about the best safeties in the NFL. Number nine, Micah Hyde. Number one, Jordan Poyer. So I'm starting to think that, Bruce, much like the dry aging I'm finding it's become more and more popular. Even standard restaurants will usually choose one cut and they will dry age because they want to be able to offer the difference between a, you know, a Wagyu cut or, you know, a USDA prime. But it's that the idea that you can have that aged steak be the best cut you have. I want to say that right now, one of the oldest guys in the team, Jordan Poyer, not the oldest, but one of the oldest players on the team is one of their best
1: Nate mentioned following Aaron Quinn on Twitter at Aaron Quinn716 is his handle, just so you are aware. And we are going to move on. The food simile for this evening is not about the Buffalo Bills roster room. Which I'm is weird because we haven't we haven't done kickers. So <laughs> we're, not do, we're not doing not doing specialists. <laughs> it was too obvious, man. His name is Bass. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. Yeah, it was I too agree. obvious. Maybe we'll go you know what maybe we'll do it next week. I don't know. We'll do not know we will we will do it next week. We'll see. We'll see. But the moving and shaking of the NFL quarterback trade market over the last couple of years is interesting to me. Very interesting. Hmm. If you look at some of the moves that have taken place, Matt Ryan went for a third. Carson Wentz went yep. for two-thirds. Carson Wentz went for a one the previous offseason. Baker Mayfield a conditional five. Teddy Bridgewater went for a six. Nick Foles went for a four. These are the recent quarterback trades. And if you had to look at the quarterback trade market and you had to make a food simile for the NFL for how they view quarterbacks and what the current NFL quarterback trade market looks like and it makes you feel like, where would you go, Nate?
0: I would go... Are you? I I shouldn't ask this question because I know the answer is yes. But you're a brioche fan, correct?
1: I do like brioche.
0: Yes, I am a very very big brioche fan. But there's one fatal flaw with brioche, especially store bought brioche. What do you think that is, Bruce?
1: Store bought brioche flaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whether it's
0: I, well, I'm a big fan. Aldi has the brioche bagels.
1: I will, which say this, might I be the
0: finest thing in the
1: world. Yeah, I don't think that brioche buns by buy at the store hold up very well if they are uh, uh, grilled or if they are exposed to any sort of dry heat, like you put them in the air fryer for something or if you put them grill them. I I think they kind of crumble and fall apart a little bit.
0: So the fatal flaw with store-bought brioche, whether it's buns, whether it's like even King's Hawaiian bread, like they've got the slices of brioche Mm -hmm. King's Hawaiian. Um, I'm a big fan of the Aldi brioche Oh yeah. Bagels. Cause they're fantastic. A brioche bagel with cream cheese. I mean, good Lord. The problem is Bruce, they don't keep, they get moldy very quickly. And it's the high concentration of butter content mm-hmm. in the bread. Right. And what is butter? It's a lot of water. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's That's what it is. It's a lot of water. So the brioche itself holds a lot of that water and it spoils very quickly. And there's nothing worse Bruce than buying that brioche, buying that know again the bagels eating one of them and then going in the next day and seeing that mold spore and what this quarterback trade market has been like especially more recently is that brioche spoiled far quicker than expected right like if you're talking about baker mayfield boy that relationship soured and spoiled quicker than anybody could have guessed obviously it started with deshaun watson but between that you talk about matt ryan matt ryan looked cooked and now everyone's talking about how matt ryan's in indianapolis and now indianapolis might be the favorite to win that division i think maybe that's right but are we sure he's not spoiled either spoiled goods bruce that's carson Wentz. boy did his time in indianapolis spoil quickly right lasted one season bruce and the owner wouldn't even talk to him Before they traded, they, they wanted him out so badly. The owner shunned him and wouldn't have a conversation with him. It's like eating one brioche bagel and letting the other four or five of them go to waste one day after opening the package because of the high water content, because of the high turnover rate at the quarterback position in the NFL. I think we're all predisposed to the idea that quarterbacks have to just be, they have to be great soon or else. And listen, same thing happened to Sam Darnold in New York he's been traded once he'll likely probably be traded again before training camp so I think this is a lot like spoiled listen the reason that I want to compare it to brioche though Bruce is because at one time all of these guys were considered the elite the the high level the luxury right you're talking about Baker Mayfield number one overall Sam Darnold number three overall Matt Ryan number two overall uh Carson Wentz Number two overall. He was an, basically should have been the MVP in that 2015 season. And now he's but a sport brioche bun. I like that one. Thank you.
1: I like that one quite a bit.
0: I, you know, I like to get specific with my food similes.
1: Yeah, I'm really good with that one. Cool. I almost I will tell you this one. I so I, I came up with a lot of different answers to this question. I figured you might. A lot of them. In fact, I had three. So I'm going to tell you which one I didn't use real fast, which one I didn't bother elaborating on. I wanted to go with hot potato. Hot potato. Get it, potato? Because huh. food and simile. Right? Obviously, sure. the rules of hot potato are that, you know, people sit in a circle and you, you pass the thing back and forth. And then if you drop it, you're out. But also, if the music stops and you're holding it, then you're out. And everybody wants to not be the person holding these quarterbacks when the music stops. So I was going to go that direction. I decided to go with these two. The first one is this, the current NFL quarterback trade market makes me feel like people are in disagreement on what is a meal and what is <laughs> my wife I like it. is a massive, massive King of Queens fan. King wow. of Queens is her favorite show of all time. Let me explain to you how much my wife loves King Queens. We have every episode recorded on streaming. In addition, she has every episode on DVD, and she has a backup set of DVDs.
0: That's a lot, Bruce.
1: A backup set. Just in case anything happens to the originals and they get scratched, she has a backup set that has not been used. That's how much my wife loves King Queens. And in one of the episodes of King Queens, Carrie, the female protagonist, is having a discussion with Doug, the male protagonist protagonist and says oh yeah we're going to have dinner he goes awesome what's for dinner she says soup and he says soup and... <laughs> and she says no just soup and he goes no 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 that's not how it works soup isn't a meal it's soup and salad soup and sandwiches soup and something <laughs> and so it got me to think that it feels to me like the key to quarterback trades is when you don't think the meal you've got a meal but someone else does. Yeah. You don't think your soup is a meal, but someone else does. That is exactly why Howie Roseman deserves all the credit in the world for trading Carson Wentz for a one who then got flipped for two threes and the Browns got a conditional five for Baker Mayfield,
0: a former number
1: one, overall former number one, overall pick. Now I understand that salaries play a part in this, but people can't decide what a meal is. So let's say that you're a team who trades for Matt Ryan, like the Colts did. Okay. You know, Matt Ryan's not the long-term answer, right? No. So what is it exactly you're doing? Well, you're trying to make the playoffs, probably to save some jobs. That's what you're doing. If you're the Washington commanders and you trade for Carson Wentz, you you don't think Carson Wentz is the guy long-term, do you? No. You're again, trying to make the playoffs to... Save a job. If you're the Carolina Panthers, do you think that Baker Mayfield is the guy long term? Probably not, or you probably wouldn't have held off so long. If you really thought he was the dude, you wouldn't wait so long. So you're probably trying to save a job because Matt Rule is trying to save a job. And he thinks, wow, well, goodness gracious, if I can if I can turn this into a reasonable team, if this is Jake Delome, for example, Love I think that. I can pull off something here. But really, what it boils down to is okay, you had a meal. Did you really? Is it a meal or is it soup? Is it a meal or is it an appetizer? Because it feels like the Colts thought that Carson Wentz was an appetizer, but the commanders thought he was a meal. The Browns thought that Baker Mayfield was an appetizer, but the Panthers thought he was a meal. And the Falcons just completely wet the bed. Yeah, they they
0: don't care.
1: They just said, okay, we're done here. And then we move on to Marcus Mariota in the second year of like, I, I don't know. The Falcons timing was off this off season. The Panthers timing was off this off season. Yep. And really what it boils down to is, is this thing a meal? The second thing, mm. the second food simile that I wanted to draw on this.
0: There's two. Okay. Love there's it.
1: two. I had three and I couldn't decide, so I cut one of them out, just briefly mentioned it, and I finished up with these two that I had. Nate, let me ask you, when you are in the kitchen, you're preparing something, are Mm -hmm. you a clean-as-you-go guy, or are you a wait-until-it's-all-over and then Uh, try and clean up your mess?
0: I am definitely not a clean-as-I-go guy.
1: Okay. So this right here is exactly what I'm talking about. So my wife is not a clean-as-you-go person. Can't be. But what happens is at the end of her scenario, she looks at her countertop and goes, my kitchen is a disaster. Yes. And I say, well, the reason it's a disaster is because you already had the trash can out and you didn't throw away all the stuff when you were busy putting the, the, the wrap that the chicken came in. You put it in the, you went ahead and put it in the trash can, but the trash can was already out. You should have just thrown away all the cans that you had out right there. And if you did a little bit at the time, if you had a plan, you wouldn't be left with all this stuff.
0: Man, I'll tell you what—I know that Miss Nolan ain't listening because I know you ain't throwing. I know you're not throwing Miss Nolan's cooking habits and cleanliness. Oh no, we've talked about it under the bus, live on air with her watching. She and I, I, have I
1: talked I, about it. She's reading. She might be, or she might be listening. I'm not sure, <laughs> but she would openly admit that she is not a clean as you go person. I am, I am literally hovering around her in the kitchen. like You are like a vacuum hovering. I'm like a vacuum. I'm like, I'm Roomba. I am Roomba Nolan. I am literally hovering around, trying not to get in people's way and grabbing cans and grabbing paper and grabbing plastic and grabbing all these things and throwing them all away and getting, are you done with this? 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 So that when she's done, she doesn't end up that way. The NFL trade market for quarterbacks Makes me feel that like some people have a plan as they go. And some people just get left with a mess on their countertop at the end. You know who is left with a mess on their countertop? The Falcons. You know who is left with a mess on their countertop? The Panthers. The
0: Browns too. The Browns have a mess. A different different kind of mess. but Different
1: kind of mess. But some people have a plan. As they go along, they reevaluate, throw out the dead weight, Right? make adjustments, keep their table clean, keep their cap in order, do the things they've got to do. But some people don't. And then they turn around and they look and they go, "Oh gosh, we got a mess." And that I think is the difference between the way good teams navigate the NFL trade quarterback market and the way bad teams navigate the NFL trade quarterback market. Nate, take it away. So
0: listen, Bruce, I I think the most interesting thing, well, I guess this is, it's interesting because it's not me and you talking about the quarterback carousel. And is it just me or watching teams try as hard as they are right now to find capable quarterback play? Not even franchise level quarterback play. But thinking about the purgatory that the Bills had been in for so long, Bruce. The level of relief I feel that the Bills aren't scrambling around with their heads cut off is pretty remarkable to me. Like The the thing that I think I'm most appreciative about the Josh Allen era, which we are currently, by the way, in full swing of, is that he has left no doubt that the Bills are set at the quarterback position for whatever, 10 years, maybe less, but maybe more. Um, I think that's the most maybe promising part of the last 17 years before Josh Allen, Bruce. There was a level to me that felt like they weren't really trying that hard. Because how could they have when they drafted EJ Manuel before that they drafted JP but Otherwise, mm-hmm. there was not a lot of effort to get that guy. And no, I hope they're you going to saw, find right. Well, you can't hope in the NFL. And that's kind of what we're seeing right now. Well, unless you're Atlanta, but you're the San Francisco 49ers. You have a quarterback that was uh, an overthrow away from winning a Super Bowl? What do you do? We're going to trade three first-round picks and go get Trey Lance. Oh, you're you're the Los Angeles Rams. What are you going to do? Oh, Jared Goff? Jared Goff, number one overall pick? Couple throws away from winning a Super Bowl against the Patriots and Bill Belichick? Ah, let's go with Matt Stafford. So, I think when you start to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a little bit different. But, hey, we drafted Jameis Winston, number one overall. And ah, Tom Brady, you know, so like you start to see even teams with competent quarterback play get to the point where they're saying competence, not good enough. And for the longest time, Bruce, this Bill's organization was just rifling through not competent quarterbacks below average quarterbacks. And that was okay for so long. It was. Oh, it was fine. Kyle Orton. That was your answer. Kyle Orton. Alex Van Pelt. Sorry, AVP. Um, you know, you just go through the list of these quarterbacks. Drew Bledsoe. Like, yeah, there was a couple of, of of maybe some decent efforts at the position. But I don't know if it was a lack of effort or a lack of ability to identify them. But how the Bills went as long as they did between J- Jim Kelly and Josh Allen. Man, I, I just, I I am in sincere plead mode that that never happens to this franchise again and you know after Josh Allen who knows how long it'll take for this organization to find their next franchise quarterback but I certainly I'm gonna say it's not gonna be 20 years or something um but you look around the league Bruce and there's something to say that there's a level of admiration I have for the Cleveland Browns determining we drafted this guy number one overall he's not good enough. Now, I don't agree with the guy that they got and the reasons they got him, but there's a level of admiration I have for a franchise like the Browns who have been in purgatory for longer than the Bills were, finally finding a competent guy. There's no doubt that Baker Mayfield's a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. That's why he got traded to Carolina. He's likely going to start. I'm not buying Bruce the fact that there's some sort of quarterback. There is no quarterback competition in training camp happening in Carolina. You aren't trading for Baker Mayfield to put him in a competition with Sam Darnold. Baker Mayfield's going to start. And Sam Darnold probably gets traded at the end of training camp to a team that really needs a quarterback, to a team, I don't know, maybe that's the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know. A team that has an injury at the quarterback position. Uh, maybe it's Cleveland, right? Maybe Jacoby Brissett doesn't look too good. And maybe they trade back with Cleveland, except they give them Sam Darnold. I don't know. Like, I think for me, Bruce, looking across the league at how quickly it's not just the fuse that is so short on these quarterbacks in the NFL In the window that you have to prove that you're a franchise quarterback. That's never been shorter, but even the guys that can prove it to a certain extent don't even like Baker Mayfield. He's, he's getting into his fifth year option coming off of a bad season, no less, but he had that third season where people are like, Oh, Baker Mayfield might be a top 10 top 12 quarterback in the NFL. And he has one bad season, Bruce, and it's done. They cut him. They're done. They're over with it. So, yeah, you know, I, I I think a lot of this, Bruce, has to do with the the turnover rate at the front office position at head coaches. You guys, you're these teams are getting new head coaches one or two years into the regime or you know into the career of a young quarterback, Justin Fields, for instance. Right? He gets he gets drafted by a lame duck general manager and head coach. And now you have a head coach in Matt Iber who says, Well, I didn't draft this guy. And unless he is elite, by the way, we're not gonna surround him with any uh, any help on the offensive line, and Darnell Mooney's your number one receiver and Cole Komet. Cole Komet's your number one, basically your number one pass catching target. Like you're it, it's not even the fact, Bruce, that these teams are giving these guys an opportunity to show it. They don't care if you're not their guy, if you weren't drafted, but they don't care about seeing it. They just want to go on to the next one. So how the landscape of the NFL at the quarterback position has evolved is super interesting to me because good is not even good enough anymore, Bruce. Unless you are Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, teams feel like they can't – they're not really in a window to win a Super Bowl. And I probably agree with it. And I think for a long time I was under the spell, Bruce – that the Bills, they could build an elite roster. 2015, right? Tyrod Taylor, you could build an elite roster, have a really good defensive-minded head coach who can coach elite-level defense. By the way, he did not do that here, Rex Ryan. But that you could build this super team and have a passenger at the quarterback position, a guy that's just going to be the guy and he's fine. And he's never going to be the $40 million guy. Maybe he's the $18 million. Maybe he's Kirk Cousins, right? But... I have never been more convinced, Bruce, that the NFL is now a league of the haves and have-nots. And there are way more have-nots than ever before because the the, the parity between the top five guys and the rest of the league, there's never been a bigger gap there, Bruce. And I, I for for me... It feels damn good that the Bills are going to be in a Super Bowl window every single year, as long as Josh Allen's healthy, because he's that dude. He's a top three quarterback in the NFL, and I don't blame Cleveland. I don't blame the Giants. I don't blame soon-to-be-the-Miami Dolphins when they realize that you cannot win a Super Bowl with an okay guy. A guy that's a passenger in your offense. You need a guy that elevates everyone in the room. And listen, I mean, I've never I've never felt truly grateful during my time covering the team, but man, try it. I I burst onto the scene in 2015, Bruce. Where this team is now compared to then. It's a nice feeling. It's a nice feeling.
1: Like you said, competency is not enough. It's not enough. you Jared, anymore. Jared Goff be. was competent. You know who's yeah. competent? Ryan Tannehill is competent. And the Titans are all about, eh, I don't know. We've got Derrick Henry. So we only needed to competent sure. quarterback. And that is such a no, vast backwards way of looking at it. You don't need competency. You need stardom. Sorry, Carl. And- Carl's right.
0: Herbert. He is right.
1: Herbert, absolutely. Herbert. Herbert's a star. There's no question. Herbert's absolutely a star. But... It is really, really, really important that teams don't say, "Well, you know, Trent Dilfer did it." Yeah, Oh, Brad Johnson did. They did it. different like, era of football, Bruce, baby. That
0: is that ha- is is what has gained an extra year, two years of a coach's life cycle for the last twenty years, right? Well, Dilfer did mm-hmm. it. Well. Yep. Look at what Kerry Collins did. Well, look what Joe Flacco did in that one year of lightning in a bottle. All we need to do is stick around long enough to have that guy catch lightning in a bottle one year, like Flacco did. What happened to Flacco after that? I mean, the 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 cliff that he fell off of, and it just goes to show you. Um, yeah, and Carl makes a great point. The floor, the floor for Super Bowl winning quarterbacks is Matt Stafford, and Stafford is top seven. Right,
1: he's a top, top eight. 10. Yeah, that's okay. the floor. Are you ready? Here you go. Here we go. Let's do it right now. All right. Quarterbacks in the NFL, you take over Matt Stafford. You ready? Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Would you take Lamar over Matt Stafford? I take Burrow and Herbert over Matt Stafford.
0: I would take that's Burrow and Herbert. I don't think six. I'm taking Lamar. I don't think I'm taking Lamar.
1: You don't think you're taking Lamar? Would you take Kyler Tyler? Murray over him? I don't think I would. Russell Wilson? I don't
0: think I would either. Uh, not not present day Russell Wilson, no.
1: Not present. Okay. Like four
0: years ago, Russell Wilson, yeah. But right now, no. Anybody else? Derek Carr. No. I immediately regret saying that.
1: Okay, so seven. Seven seems right. Dak Prescott? i take Stafford over Prescott. you take Prescott. But it, that's close, right? That's close. How about this? This is a good litmus
0: test. This is a good conversation. Can the Cowboys win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott? Yes.
1: I think I agree with you. Are you are, he... you are you ready for the hottest of all takes you've ever, I've ever made on this podcast? Yes. Are you ready? This is yes. it. This is the scorchingest of all hot takes. Love this. The Vikings can win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins.
0: No, they can't. No, they can't.
1: No shot. Yep. No way. <laughs> I think, I think if you have a top 10 quarterback, you can He's do it. He's not a and top I, 10. I think Kirk Cousins is going to be a top 10 quarterback in 2022. Because, why? Kevin because, O'Connor. Because I don't, I don't have any faith at all in Zimmer to be able to run an offense that is functional. Gary Kubiak was running that offense. That's a Super Bowl winning yeah, coach. Yeah. Gary Kubiak from a generation ago, who's still running the Matt Schaub system. It's not Kevin O'Connell, that's for sure. Yeah, but the Kubiak offense is rooted in the Shanahan offense. Yeah, but it never evolved. No, Shanahan's that's right. Shanahan's evolved. did. Right Shanahan's Shanahan's evolved. Is... Kubiak's yeah, right. still running, you know, power, right? Power naked boot with uh with drags. That's the whole thing. Power naked boot with drags. Let's do it. Let's let's run off tackle, off tackle, off tackle, naked. We're gonna hold that. We're gonna use that threat of the First backside, time. the threat of the backside naked boot. To keep that hole open for a cut for the running back with Dalvin Cook, that's my hot, the, the absolute scorchingest of all takes. Is that I think the Vikings can win a Super. I'm not saying they're going to. I'm saying I think they could win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. I think he's gifted enough. I mean, if Flacco can do it, right? We were just saying Staff- that
0: gifted enough right. is not good enough, but Bruce. If
1: Stafford can do it, right? And I just said Dak Prescott can do it. I don't think the gap between. Stafford, Prescott and Cousins is very large. I think they're all in a very similar tier. And that's the reason why.
0: I can't believe you. Yeah, I did it. I can't believe you said Stafford and, and Kirk Cousins are in similar tiers.
1: I would Stafford, Stafford and Prescott and Kirk Cousins are in similar tiers. I don't think there's a massive difference between those two those three quarterbacks.
0: All right. Well, I think we need to let this to, give this to a poll. Is there a
1: oh oh here we go notable
0: difference in talent? Is that is that how we want to put it? Is there a noticeable
1: difference in say, talent between? Say is there this, a noticeable okay. gap? Is there a noticeable gap between Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford? And Kirk Cousins, is there a big gap it's in quarterback many. tiers?
0: I just want to. I I want to know Stafford to Kirk Cousins. Is there a notable notable gap between yeah. Matt Stafford, Stafford? Let me ask you
1: this: If Stafford is a top seven quarterback and Kirk Cousins is a top twelve quarterback, would you consider that notable gap? I would not.
0: I think there. I think there could be a gigantic drop off from the eleventh quarterback to the twelfth quarterback in the NFL right now.
1: Oh, yeah, but you weren't a Derek Carr guy last year either. Uh, you and I had this conversation about the Raiders. I said Derek Carr is a perfectly reasonable quarterback. I think the Raiders can win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr. I think that the can I win a quarterback? Can I win a Super Bowl with this quarterback? Going, I think it's you're going against the Cousins. entire
0: conversation. No, no, post, I'm saying, just I saying.
1: Think, I think it stops after Kirk Cousins. I really do. He's the line for me. He is the line between can I win a Super Bowl with this quarterback or not? If you're below cousins, I don't think he can. If you're above cousins, I think he can. I think he's the he's the he's the line.
0: I can't believe Bruce thinks that Kirk Cousins could win a Super Bowl.
1: I do. I think and he's uh, a good, good enough quarterback. I'm I'm shook. Thanks. I'm, I'm sorry. Kirk. Cousins is
0: good enough to win a Super Bowl. Sorry.
1: This is this is this is just absolutely absolutely terrible. Just horrible, horrible, horrible content here. It's happening right now. So I we are gonna I, move. Go ahead. Go ahead. You, you got you got something else to say right here. <laughs> Somebody took a screenshot. The first did did you vote yes, Bruce? Did I vote yes? No, I did Somebody not.
0: Somebody voted. What the first person voted yes. This guy called a screenshot. He, called, he, he took a screenshot. He goes, call the
1: race. <laughs> call the race at one. Call
0: it. Call it. Bruce won. Unbelievable. No, I, I, 18
1: votes. 83% say yes. Okay, yes. Okay, I'm right. Okay, That's yeah, no, on thought, you. They think, sorry, sorry, they yes, think there's yes, a yes. significant. And that's not as Kirk yes. Cousins gets a ton. Of, I, think you're, I think you're actually going to obliterate me in this poll. That's the reason why it's a hot take. It's a hot take because I think I'm going to get absolutely obliterated. I really do. Yeah, but that
0: I don't know. That's what Bruce. makes it a hot
1: take. But this is but this is the conversation it's counter, it's that culture.
0: You can't really think that you have a true legitimate
1: chance to win a Super Bowl unless you have one of those top. I don't think you have to have a top five. I think you have to have a top ten, and I think I think Cousins is going to be there this year. If your quarterback is top third in the NFL, you got a shot. I, can top you, let me ask you. third yeah the 12 absolutely yeah absolutely I, I, disagree. I disagree who's better who's better cousins or Tannehill? oh cousins who's better cousins or Carr? yeah exactly <laughs> yeah how much does the situation how much yeah
0: I think they're close. I don't think Derek Carr's winning a Super Bowl, though.
1: You don't think you don't think you can win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr? I don't know. This is so tough because you can't say it's not in a vacuum. All the like, it's not.
0: You have to take into account the teams. The Raiders aren't winning a Super Bowl. They don't have the defense,
1: so they can't cover anybody. This is it. This is the conversation right now because you were you were struggling with whether or not Carr was better than Cousins, but yet Cousins is an absolute no when it comes to winning a super bowl. Yeah, but
0: I also think Carson's an absolute no. So that's irrelevant.
1: I don't think you got have top 5. I just think you don't have you can't do it with Tyron Taylor. You can't no, do that's it. Right. You can't do it with Tyron Taylor. You can't do it with Carson Wentz. You can't do it with the players we're talking about. You can't do it with Baker Mayfield. These are the players we're talking about. So I don't think it's counterintuitive or counter to discussion to say you can do it with Kirk Cousins, but you can't do it with Baker Mayfield. Kirk Cousins is better than Baker Mayfield. Is he? Yes, by a lot. I'm Absolutely not sure. Absolutely by a lot. I'm not Kirk, sure about that. Kirk Cousins has had multiple different regimes in the NFL say, oh, yeah, I'm willing to give this guy a lot of guaranteed money. Baker Mayfield has had one team who knew him best say, yeah, no, I'm passing, and nobody else wanted a piece of him, and the Carolina Panthers like, yeah, we'll take you for $5 million in a conditional five. Just saying. Yes, Kirk Cousins is better than Baker Mayfield.
0: If you put Baker Mayfield in in Minnesota right now, and you ran two simulations on Madden, same same schedule, same everything, which team has the better record at the end of the year? Cousins. I don't know. I think they could be the exact same. What? I think they could be the exact same. No. If you have 2020 Baker Mayfield, 100%. Well, 2020 you don't have Baker Mayfield
1: 2020 Baker Mayfield
0: Maybe you do though. You we know, do he was injured last year. That's one year. He's 25, Bruce. Kirk Cousins is 33.
1: He's it's 32. So 30. oh, well, oh god. Also, here we go. Kirk Cousins has been durable. He has been accurate. He has been consistently well-rated. Multiple people, multiple people <laughs> and multiple teams have said, "Yes, we would like to give you guaranteed money." Baker Mayfield got his guaranteed money slashed just to get a shot at playing. And nobody wanted a piece of him. See, here we go. The Falcons got Marcus Mariota and said, no, we're good. We don't need Baker Mayfield. The Seahawks have Drew Locke and Geno Smith and a coach in their 70s and said, now we're good on Baker Mayfield.
0: Yeah, but that... (sighs) Uh, they also
1: traded they traded away Russell Wilson. Right. So, they'd rather have nobody than Baker Mayfield. They'd rather have nobody than than Russell Wilson. They'd rather have nobody than uh, Russell Wilson situation that I think was was coming up. <sighs> I don't know and you know here's the point right so
0: the first comment under the i can't believe bruce exclusive thinks kirk cousins is good enough to win a super bowl he says i mean
1: joe flacco brad johnson trent dilfer that is exactly that's exactly that's what who about. kirk cousins is no that's, he's that's better that's than kirk cousins. that he is not joe he's not brad johnson and trent dilfer absolutely not just because he has volume passing stats doesn't brad mean that johnson he's... and trent dilfer were bottom tier quarterbacks carried by elite defenses Kirk Cousins is not a but bottom. But that's the
0: only way that Kirk Cousins is winning a Super Bowl is if he's carried by an elite defense. Absolutely, Kirk
1: is not winning one. Tannehill is, is better than Brad Johnson and Trent Dilfer. Yeah. Sure. Dude, Brad Johnson sure. and Trent Dilfer were not good. What
0: is, what is, what? All right, hold on. 2021 passing stats. We need, I need to get a list of quarterbacks up in front of my face right now.
1: You, you 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 know what I can do for you? I'm going to bust out QB Stew right now. I going to bust oh my out God. QB Stew.
0: The middle group of the NFL at quarterback is
1: so bad, Bruce.
0: It's terrible.
1: Are you are you are you ready for this, Nate? Are you yes. ready? Yes. We're going to go QB Stew, top to bottom. Ready? Okay. Yeah. R- regular. You're skewing. You are. This is bias. This is bias. You're using your own stat to back up right, your argument. But I came up with this stat before I came up with a take. <laughs> I'm going back to something I believed on January 11th of 2022. This is the regular season, Stu. Playoffs do not count. Rodgers, Brady, Burrow, Mahomes, Prescott, Murray, Stafford, Herbert, Garoppolo, Cousins, Allen, Wilson, Bridgewater, Carr. Mac Jones, Tannehill, Wentz, Hurts, Tua, Matt Ryan, Lamar, Goff, Daniel Jones, Heineke, Davis Mills, Baker Mayfield, Ben Roethlisberger, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson. In that order.
0: What's the difference to you between Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins?
1: Uh, A willingness to throw to the boundaries. That's it. That's a big part. If you look at Jimmy Garoppolo's heat chart, the dude straight up cannot throw outside the numbers. He also cannot throw it deep. Kirk Cousins was one of the best deep passers in football last year.
0: He is a good deep ball thrower. There's no doubt about that. 15th
1: in QBR, 5th in passer rating, 4th in average net yards per attempt, 10th in EPA per play, 8th in DVOA, 5th in PFF grade, and 16th in CPOE was Kirk Cousins. Yep. This is not this is not happening tonight. You're not convincing me that Kirk. Well, I'm not gonna convince win. you. I'm just defending. I'm not even trying to win. I'm just trying to defend at this point. I I know I'm not gonna win you over yet. But let me ask you this: short of winning a Super Bowl, is there something you could see from Kirk Cousins this year that would make you believe otherwise?
0: Probably not, but I think Kevin O'Connell is an interesting addition for him, and because now I think he he does have three very good receivers. Mm. I think he's got three. He's got maybe the best receiver in football in Justin Jefferson,
1: and a great he, offensive system.
0: Maybe let's see no. it. Let's see it.
1: Better than Zimmer's.
0: It's not Zimmer's though. It's Kubiak. This,
1: this is important. This is important.
0: How it's like saying have... it's like saying that the 2015 Bills offensive system was Rex Ryan's.
1: Actually, it's a little bit like saying that the Doug Marone system was Doug's and not Nathaniel Hackett's, who's now a head coach, primarily because of his offensive prowess. Do we realize now how much control Doug Marone actually had over Nathaniel Hackett's offense? Aaron Rodgers swears by Nathaniel Hackett. The Broncos hired him and are over the moon with the way that Nathaniel Hackett has been so far with them. He didn't call plays in Green Bay. Everything. Hackett didn't call plays. No, he didn't. But he called plays in Buffalo and was responsible, right, was responsible for having to deal with Doug Marone.
0: But he got the job because he was running Doug Marone's offense. He, he was, doesn't get that job without Doug Marone.
1: He was – do you ever do you ever watch the um, – who was the quarterback at Syracuse? Ryan Nassib. Did you ever Hell watch yeah. the Ryan Nassib experience um, yeah the ryan Nassib, um john gruden quarterback discussion that he used to you know he used to do the quarterbacks oh yeah boards did you ever yep. watch the ryan Nassib one go I back that i have then go I back remember. and watch it you'll get to see what nathaniel hackett's offense actually had the ability to do and then you i watched it and then i went and looked at the bill's offense and i was like well that's none of it's nothing the same none of it's the same I know he's got this in the offense. I know he can. What would be stopping him? Doug Marone would be stopping him. Doug Marone, who was an offensive coordinator in in title only for the new for the uh, New Orleans Saints and an offensive line coach who didn't believe in any of that stuff. I don't think it's a coincidence. Head coaches have a lot of control on that side. It's their vision that's being executed. I'm upset that I'm upset that you got me
0: going into this Kirk Cousins argument or whatever it is I'm I'm
1: is, is, it, is not is it not good content I feel like I feel I'm like upset I'm sorry I'm
0: upset we should get to winners and losers
1: and the what? loser is Bruce oh no for bringing up Kirk Cousins as his potential Super Bowl winning quarterback
0: I'm just kidding wow but okay. real real winners and losers
1: okay so real winners and losers my winner for this week is Matt Rule. He went from a 0% chance of keeping his job to a 10% chance of keeping his job. I'll take that as a massive W because there was no way that he was getting out of this year, starting Sam Darnold and keeping his job. He was the odds on betting favorite to be the first quarterback, uh, first quarterback, (laughs) first coach fired. Now he probably still is the odds on favorite to be the first coach fired, but I think his chances went from zero to something. They went from definitely fired to probably fired. And I'll take that as a W for Matt Rule. You want winners first? Yeah, it's it's winner Baker first. Mayfield.
0: It's Baker Mayfield. He's by far the biggest winner out of this whole thing because he gets to go to a situation with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Christian McCaffrey. If McCaffrey's healthy, he's the best pass catching back to ever play, short of Marshall Falk. So... Like I, I view Baker Mayfield as having a real opportunity to resurrect his career, to become a franchise quarterback again. Um, and mostly because he's going to have the opportunity to dump down to Christian McCaffrey, 130 times a year. And that's going to be a huge advantage. It's always been a huge advantage whoever. That's why it's insane to me that Sam Darnold has not materialized into even just being competent. So biggest winner for me is Baker Mayfield. I really like, you want to hear about a hot take.
1: Oh, are you going to want me now?
0: Baker Mayfield will likely end up as the NFC South's best quarterback next year.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. Tom Brady's in that division. He's gonna retire next year. Wait. So next year. You, you're talking 2023. I'm talking 2023. Baker Mayfield will be the best quarterback. You do know that he's week one, he, he's 2023, not contract for 2023.
0: And he'll get he'll get his extension. They'll be whatever because they're not going to be bad enough to have any of the quarterbacks that they want from next year's draft.
1: Okay, so I that getting that
0: Baker Mayfield puts them in a little bit of a—I don't want to call it purgatory because I do think that Baker Mayfield's not necessary. He's not—he's not EJ Manuel. He's not Tyrod Taylor. So he's not truly purgatory, but he's going to be good enough to not put them in any position to get any of the top three or four quarterbacks in next year's draft,
1: and they don't have well, the capital. I want to make block. sure I got this straight, Nate Geary is telling me right now that Baker Mayfield will be extended by Carolina and he'll be the best quarterback in the NFC South in 2023. Yes. Okay. You have no future room. Bet. You future have bet. no room, no room, no room at all to get future all the about Kirk Cousins. Future bet.
0: Absolutely. Future bet. I'm taking Baker Mayfield over Kirk Cousins every day of the week. Absolutely not. Absolutely.
1: No, losers. Just... Do we, should we should we finish with losers? Yes. Losers. Or, is it, or is it us? Are we the losers? It, 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 us for having this conversation. No, no, no. The loser, <laughs> the loser is Bears wide receiver David Moore. If ever there was a wide receiver group where you have an opportunity to resurrect your career, it's the 2022 Chicago Bears who have talked themselves into third round receiver Vailus Jones as hmm. being a stud right away. David Moore got a shot and was arrested on Monday in Texas on drug and weapons charges. You had a one-year deal with an opportunity that you called yourself a blessing. And you said you were just at, you were the house, just hoping, waiting on a call is what he said. And you had a shot and you blew it. Your biggest loser this week in the NFL is Bears wide receiver David Moore? Because I don't think he's going to be Bears wide receiver David Moore for a whole lot longer.
0: Okay. Uh that's that's a that's a that's a deep cut, is what I would call that. That's a deep cut. Um my biggest loser, Sam Darnold. I mean, your team goes out and trades for Baker Mayfield. You're probably getting cut or traded before the end of training camp. And you were probably thinking you were having a legit opportunity to be a, to to maybe finally win things over, right? To win the franchise over, to become the quarterback that you were supposed to be when you were drafted third overall by the New York Jets. Sam Darnold continues his slide. I will say this. There's a good chance that the Bills were saved from themselves because there was a lot of chatter that the Bills' number one quarterback in that draft was Sam Darnold and that the Jets moving up with the Indianapolis Colts took Baker or took uh, Darnold off the board for them, that they went with the second guy, Josh Allen. Now I don't have like Brandon Beans never admitted that that's a lot of conjecture, but it's very possible the bills were saved from drafting Sam Darnold by the New York Jets. So thanks Jets. Thanks. uh, Who was the GM at the time?
1: McKagan. Yes, McCagnin took Darnold. He gave uh, multiple twos to move up from six to three to get Sam Darnold. And he did it multiple weeks before the draft. So, yes, yes, thank you to Mike McCagnin. Nate, we went completely off the rails this season. Yes, we did. But that's food for thought for you. It is. I'm going to listen back to this tomorrow and go. What in the ever living? This is the most disjointed, strange show we have ever done. And uh, if you dig it, then I hope you dig it. We talked about football. We talked about the Bills. We talked about food. We talked about the NFL. We talked about trade market. We talked about Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr and Dak Prescott. And I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, then I hope it was at least bearable. And if it wasn't at least bearable, then I hope. You didn't leave hungry.